Let's go. Yes, sir. You are here and now with Brandon and Joe. I'm Joe. And I'm Brandon. I'm Brandon. I'm Brandon. We'll get, uh, you know, some, some uh, cons- very uh, kind of strict conservative Catholic hate, but it's few and far between. Um, it's mostly and almost never to our face. Occasionally, usually it comes in the form of like internet comments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I kind of like how you paid homage to St. Laborious. Yeah, that was intentional. That yeah. was very intentional. Because um, that, that, that right there kind of shows the respect. Yeah, that was Betwell a lot actually came up yeah. with the, the Skate Laborious name. Like we, I wasn't sure what we were going to name it necessarily. And then people were calling it Church of Skating. And we were mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go with that one. I think that that's, uh, I don't know, that's... Uh, this, this kind of potentially uh, problematic name uh, yeah. that could piss some people off. And so um, church, I, th- I was thinking somebody asked me where that skate laborious name came from. And I believe Bedwell made that name up. He certainly made it up with the eight in it. That's like mm. the skate with the eight. That was definitely him. But I think use, it was definitely like a concerted effort to pay homage to it with using laborious in the name. Cause originally like our whole goal was saving the building. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the name, I think, actually, like, coining Skate Laborious. I think it was probably Bedwell that pushed that to the front. Mm-hmm. But for a while, it was, yeah, Church of Skating. But, yeah. like, we kind of made a intentional uh, distancing from that name just because, I mean, that's got the potential to, like, piss people off. Like, yeah, you know, right, right, right. We don't, like, want to – I mean, I'm not, like, a Catholic, but, like, I don't got no beef or nothing. I don't want to, like, do shit to specifically piss off because you know the church is important to a lot of people it's like it's very important to us Um, and like our first goal was just to save this building because it's you know it's it's so like this incredible structure for and we want to save for uh, many many different reasons and so like in doing that we don't want to you know disparage the the history of it in fact like we're very proud of the history of it Um, and so yeah that's kind of the origin of the name on it yeah yeah yeah. you definitely got to be like like open minded about branding and like shit about that you know like um, I mean, because a lot of people, it just depends. Like, I know a lot of people probably look at skaters and all that as like degenerates and shit. So, some people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I wonder, like, um, have you, has anybody had a problem with this, like turning this church into a skate park? I mean, not like very occasionally, not almost never to our face. Like, mm. it, on a couple, there's been two or three occasions where someone has like vocally expressed uh like a dis you know like a disdain for the fact that like we have graffiti all over mm-hmm. the skate park that's in it mm-hmm. um most of the time they're kind of like hiding behind a comment thread yeah. when they're talking shit oh, and yeah. like i kind of um for, as as a lot of people do you know mm-hmm. uh anonymity brings a lot of shit talking but um i mean a lot of the criticisms are about like uh like kind of the idea of like sacrilege but like to me it's like this church was built as like a community space to bring community of people together and it's like still doing that like it's just Just doing a different different community you know and the idea that someone's like well it was for my community and now it's for a different community it's like well i don't know man like your community quit using it and like let it fall down and we didn't want that to happen and so we saved it and the times we've got like real people like in our face being like well you know guys i don't know like usually um they they kind of back off that position when I explain what we're doing or why we're doing it and our reasons for it. Um, it just was one lady one time who was like really upset by it, um, and and I mean I I kind of talked to her about it and she was like, well I think you know 
you guys should have found some other ways of raising the money to save the building. I was like, oh, lady, you want to like throw me a bake sale or something? Like, you know, like, like, I mean, like we're doing it. Like, you know, if you, I mean, you're more than welcome to come help. If you've got some way of raising the money, the thousands of dollars that we've raised to fix this building, like I'm all ears. Like, yeah. uh, but like the, the skateboarding aspect of it, um, was, uh, uh, like skateboarding is very important, like for a lot of different reasons. Like I don't skate anymore. I used to roll around a little bit um, back in the day when I was uh, much, much younger. But like skateboarding is super important to like kind of urban, urban street culture. Oh, most yeah. Like this, this, yeah. This place was perfect for skateboarding. Like it would have been dope if none of these ramps were here and we just had like a church to come skate at. Yeah. Like that would be like it was skateboarding was like the perfect thing to save this place, you know? I, th I thought so too. Um, just the flat ground, like the smooth surface would have been dope, but like all these ramps and everything is just a cherry on top. You right. Know? When I got when I first got this place with uh my part of force back in the day, um I mean I told me media was like we should put a skate park in here. Like that would be so dope and Bed Bedwell was the dude I knew who built skate parks like and so I worked at the city museum as a welder for a long time with my buddy Robbie Dixon and Rob died um, and him and Bedwell helped build a park uh, under the Kings Highway Bridge yeah. the, the KHPT park yeah before it was demoed and so I met Brian because I live with Rob um, in the art lofts next to the city museum mm -hmm. like our apartment pretty much looked like this it was like a, a half pipe in our living room it was wrapped oh, everywhere oh, I live graffiti everywhere I live used to look like a trashy dive bar at all <laughs> at, at all times That's and dope. so Rob died and I knew Bedwell and so when I got this I just reached out to him like hey man we need a lot of help I know you have like an army of teenagers that you build shit with would you want to come put some ramps in here and he was like fuck yeah and so and uh, he came through and he at that time Uncle John, uh, my buddy John Dudry, who was the head of maintenance at the city museum, he was already here in the building um, and helping us do it. Cause it's just, it's, there's a lot of problems that were going on with this building that I just didn't like know exactly. I knew like kind of how to fix it. Like I know how to patch a slate roof and I know how to do a lot of the plumb, but like not exactly the best way to tackle the specific problems. And John's been like a, I mean, John is just like one of those old school craftsman guys. Like John knows how to build and fix everything. Like, mm -hmm. like literally, and I like people use that word, everything very like liberally, like, Oh yeah, that guy can build anything. But like John can fucking build anything. Mm -hmm. Like he is one of them old school handlebar mustache having like, done it all old builder guys and this this building would not still be here without john and then so john uh and he kept us in check quite a bit on like we can't do this we got to do that this is first priority that's this skating we got to move this ramp here because of this with the floor and spotting problems that we didn't necessarily see and then bedwell also man bedwell has done a whole bunch of maintenance work and then i've got a bunch of construction and maintenance background and so that's part of the reason we're able to work on this is just because we all self perform a lot of the yeah, stuff yeah. like we do it all ourselves um, as much as we can what no. were what were some of the biggest issues like when you first got this building oh fuck um <laughs> long um, list huh yeah <laughs> I, I mean i would say if we got this building five years maybe later than we got it it might have been kind of like past the past the point of like kind of too too far gone to really be able to diy it together i mean there was some pretty serious water coming in the roof mm. we took care of that the tower we've done extensive work to that tower tuck pointing a shit ton of really bad tuck pointing because you know all the downspouts are copper so they all got stolen back in the mm. day and then they wash yeah. those bricks out and then those downspouts let water go into the basement because they're no longer dropping in the storm sewers so that caused like mold and other problems down there we had a structural beam that was failing um there's there's a ton of stuff and a lot of things um 
that needed to get fixed, like in a fairly timely manner because like water and weather get in the building, oh, yeah. like it really destroys the place very quickly oh, yeah. to the point where like, you know, we kind of, we want to focus more on doing a lot of the programming and like doing the work we want to do with kids and stuff. But like, until you kind of get the building buttoned up, it's mm -hmm. kind of a moot point, you know, mm -hmm. like you can't, you know, like worry about building out the art center in the basement until there's like windows upstairs, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, and so a lot of those issues, uh, were, were pretty paramount, like in, in, in getting it all together. So yeah, the, the tower was fucking really sketchy. Mm. And, but a lot of those, so when we first started me and John and Bedwell and Forrest to some, to some extent, um, and then later we kind of confirmed those things with uh, Gabe McKee from V3 Architects and Brian Forsey from Frontneck Engineers. Brian is an inline skater, uh, inline Brian. He's a badass. He's a badass. And Gabe is a super badass architect. But me and Brian and uh, those guys and John went around the building and kind of broke things into like, like, all right, so these repairs, these are like urgent, like, like fucking now. Um, and then these repairs are important like like these are very important or you know uh, these are and then these are like we need to do this shit and this is like this this can have this can wait mm -hmm. and so like the list of urgent stuff i mean there was some stuff like when we got up to the tower um like some of the large facade stones on the peak of the tower were like just been delaminating off in the building like mm -hmm. where i could get my hand behind them and we ratchet strapped we were like oh shit and we ratchet strapped all those stones back up just to like hold them for a minute until we could get um nick mendon from mendon masonry over who is a fucking dad who did us the biggest solid ever came through and on the homie deal helped uh me and bedwell there's bedwell <laughs> hey bedwell hold on are we rolling right he's ready now? to skate yeah. yeah it's recording okay um uh help he helped me and bedwell um do the top of the the tower and uh when we got up there to actually start doing the stones um like we kind of nick was like yo like you didn't put them ratchet straps on that's all that's holding these big stones up here now so we pinned them all in place and uh, um Retuck pointed everything up there and resealed it all up because it was, you know, leaking water everywhere and fucking everything else up. And so that's a big repair. There's been a, a laundry list of like pretty good size repairs that we've done on the building that were yeah. like real urgent that needed to happen. Um, well, let's go back a little bit. So how, so who first discovered that this church could be built into this? Like who, who found the church um, when it was vacant? So uh, technically Forrest did. So there was a, urban farm next door um, called new it still is called new roots urban farm and uh they were connected loosely with the karen house that's next door so that's mm -hmm. like a homeless shelter that was operating out of the convent and so kind of the way i guess the history of the church which kind of leads into how we got it is in like i think 92 they quit uh, the archdiocese shut the parish down just because nobody was coming here anymore. Mm -hmm. um, they're having mass, nobody's showing up, and it just don't make no sense for them to maintenance this massive building that nobody goes to. Right. And the, you know, it, the decline happened of North St. Louis for all sorts of reasons, for like, you know, redlining and white flight, and then also mm -hmm. just like the change in demographic. A lot of industry moved out of St. Louis, and like, you know, when they built this church in 18. 50 to 1870 it took them like 20 years to build it figured maybe the civil war in the 1860s might have slowed them down a little bit but like at that time st louis was bigger than chicago mm -hmm. and there's a huge german population here um, in st louis that ran all the brick making and shoes and a lot of stuff and they're one of the most kind of powerful communities in st louis and so you know at that time uh 
like, you know, everyone in that community would give 10% of everything they own to the church. They tithe it. And so that all went into building this. So, you know, the society that kind of built buildings like this, just like straight doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. People don't build things like this anymore no. as the funding mechanisms and the desire to build them ain't there. And so in 90, so the parish shut down in like 92 and they restored, they kind of stored a bunch of shit here. The archdiocese did. And then they were running uh, the Karen house over there, they started running a homeless shelter, uh, shelter out of the convent. And eventually they approached the archdiocese and they were like, yo, we, uh, we want to own the convent. Um, and the archdiocese was like, well, we'll, we'll, we won't, you can't buy it. We'll give it to you, but you have to take all three buildings. Like it's like a three building complex, a convent, the church and a rectory. You had to take the whole thing, lock, stock and barrel. And they're like, well, we don't want this massive fucking church. Um, and they're like, well, I mean like that's the deal, you know, take it or leave it. So they took it and they formed a separate LLC to isolate themselves from liability. And then Karen House started renting it. And like, they were like, they were like kind of asleep at the wheel as far as maintenancing the church goes and stuff. I mean, like they, they run an amazing and ran, ran an amazing shelter for women and children, but like mm -hmm. managing this massive structure is definitely like not in their wheelhouse. And it was falling apart. Uh, and the dude who they rented it, he stole all the marble and the stained glass and ripped out all the walnut and like all the low hanging fruit. He kind of snowed it. Cause he and thought it was like going down. He, he knew what it, was going on. Yeah. I mean, I think he knew what he had. He know yeah. that old Munich pictorial stained glass, that shit is worth like $700 a square foot. You know, oh, yeah, we, man. we went and talked to Emil Fry. Uh, they're in Kirkwood that did the glass here. And in the 1800s, it was them and Tiffany's that did most of the like really nice stained glass around the country. And we went and talked to Steve Fry. He's an awesome dude. He knew, uh, my boss at the city museum, Bob Cassidy, we like swap Bob stories for a while. And so, <laughs> I mean, he knew, we, we know who the guys that stole it, but whatever, man, it's in, mm -hmm. in the past. So like, I went to the, we own a farm down in DeSoto called Such and Such Farm. And we do like custom farming for uh, fine dining restaurants, sit down with chefs with seed catalogs. Like, what do you want me to grow you this year? Like, you're an artist, I got a paint factory. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll grow you anything you want. And then we raise Razorback Russian wild boar hybrid pigs and goats and chickens and ducks and a bunch of shit. And so, but at the time, I don't know anything about farming. I, we just got that land. And so there's an urban farm next door called New Roots. I just showed up there one day like, hey, we like work together. Like I'll be sister farms. I don't know anything about farming. And Forrest was working there at the time. And he was also volunteering at the Karen house. And he was like, well, cool. Yeah, we can work on farming stuff. He's like, you know anything about working on old buildings? And I've been working for the city museum as a welder there for years. And I was like, yeah, bro, I know a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, nobody wants to help me come up in this church next door and start shoveling pigeon shit out the tower. I was like, where, where are your fucking shovels at? And we started working on the building a little bit. And then me and him went and approached Karen house. And we're like, you should just give us this building. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we should. Uh, Cause they were worried uh, at the time, they were mostly worried about this real estate developer on the north side named Paul McKee uh, getting the building because mm. um, uh, he's gobbled up a lot of real estate up here. He's a pretty polarizing guy. A lot of mm. a lot of people don't do not like do not like Paul McKee because he's tearing down like the history and rebuilding new uh, shit. Yeah, I mean it's that, um, but also like his method for acquiring buildings mm. um, and the fact he kind of just lets them fall down and because he has a plan for like this giant redevelopment. Mm. So I imagine in his eyes, he's on some like, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some egg shit. Mm, yeah. But those eggs are like people's lives. Like, right, so yeah. kind of go to people, go to somebody and be like, hey, oh man, I want to buy your house. I'll give you like 50 grand. And you'll be like, no man, I'm not trying to sell my house. 
house and my grandpa built this house. I've lived in this neighborhood my whole life. Plus it's worth at least like 80. So I'm definitely not selling for 50. And they'll be like, all right, cool. And they'll buy like the two houses next door and take all the uh, doors and windows off and let all the crackheads and pigeons move oh, in and be shit. like, cool, how about 30 now, motherfucker? And like, uh, and he just did that a million times. And like a lot of people up here on the North side do not like him. I mean, and the folks at Karen house at the time, they did not like him. And they were worried he would get this church and let it fall down while I was next to their building. And they were not able to maintenance it. And so they gave it to me in Forest. And so we, uh, we took over their LLC that they made. We never technically bought the building. Um, we just, they all stepped off the LLC and we stepped onto it. And there's some benefits about transferring property that way mm -hmm. that we kind of use to be able to work on the building more. Um, you know, when you actually sell a building, you do, there's a big process, but because the building never technically sold. We just took over the LLC. So um, uh, a lot of the, um, which is beneficial for a lot of different reasons. Um, but yeah, and so when we first got it, I was like, we should put a skate park in here. I think that would be so epic. And like a street art gallery. And we started with the street art gallery and it took me a little bit of time to convince Forrest that we should uh, do the skate park. Um, but eventually, you know, it, uh, it, it definitely all worked out. Um, Damn. So yeah, it's, it's a, crazy how like, like from the farming that kind of linked you up with Forrest, which brought you here because you didn't know who Forrest was before. Yeah. I just showed up there one yeah. day, you know, I just showed up on there one day. Sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah, Holy yeah. Shit. Like that's like fate for you guys to like link up right. and save this shit. Well, yeah. And then also Forrest moved away too. So he's been gone now for years, like, mm. like and kind of left me and Bedwell to run the place. And after a while, Bedwell and John were like, yo, we've been working for free on this shit for a while. Um, we want to like, we're going to keep doing this. We need to own a chunk of it. And we were mm. like, we, we, you know, debate, we negotiate of course on what percentage, but eventually we all agreed on a percentage. And so we gave Brian and John percentage ownership of the church. And so they're, they're owners of it now too. Mm. Um, and then Forrest, Forrest has been kind of uninvolved for many years. He moved to Colorado with his lady and he's doing his thing out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're, we're talking to him now about his like kind of, as we're moving into a more legitimate uh, phase of the church, which I mean, I've been kind of executing his plan for with Bedwell and, and John for, fuck, for six or seven years now, kind of forced level of involvement from here on out mm. since he's not, he's not like here in person to work on it, which makes things kind of difficult for a lot of different ways. Right, right. Um, and so, uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, now moving forward, we'll start building the art center that we've been planning for, you know, for all this time. That's always been our goal um, is to build an art center for kids in North mm. St. Louis. Um, Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. And that's in this church? Yeah, that would be in the basement, you know, the mm. um, and, and the rectory next door. Um, that we, we acquired the rectory a couple years ago, too. Because, um, like, I mean, uh, skateboarding is like, like I said, it's like super important, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's very important in like street culture for, for lots of, and urban culture for a lot of different reasons, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like a great equalizer. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't, community. and it teaches, yeah, community. Exactly. <laughs> and it teaches you very valuable life lessons, you know, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, getting back up when you yep. fall down and also like, it doesn't like, you're kind of like race or socio and economic background doesn't matter. You know, mm -hmm. like you, you could be the, you know, really rich kid with wealthy parents that buy you the best gear and it don't fucking mean anything. No. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could just be like the poorest kid in the skate park with some shitty hand-me-down board and you own that part because you yeah. just got fucking heart, you know? Yeah. And like, uh, and you know, that, uh, that type of mentality is a beautiful metaphor for life. And then the art center that we want to pair with it is important too, just because, especially in St. Louis, like y'all are from St. Louis, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like, it's like, 
St. Louis has got a lot of underserved communities in it, especially up here. And so, like, it just creates this, like, on the north side and all over the city, for that matter, like, this massive, like, loss of creative potential. You know, Mm -hmm. like, if you grow up, you know, in a lot of neighborhoods in St. Louis, like down on the State Streets or, like, Kenlock or Walnut Park or St. Louis Place up here by us Mm -hmm. and and a lot lot of different places, man, all all over the city, quite frankly. Um, Like, you may not ever, like, know that you, you know, love printmaking or podcasting or mm-hmm. photography like you never get to do those things to like yeah. find out you love them you're just trying to you know survive in your neighborhood like you know the, and, and so like you there's no opportunity to like explore different disciplines and artistic stuff you know your parents don't send you to like art camp mm-hmm. and stuff oh, when right. you're a kid yeah. you know you don't ever get to no one sits you in front of a pottery wheel or whatever to teach you how to do these things you never find out that that's your passion yeah. you just you know, take the lot that you got. And so like, and that's, I think it just creates this, you know, and that, and and so like within that vein, it's not like there's like a lack of talent or a lack of aptitude. There's like a lack of opportunity. And like, and and so like we have an opportunity to kind of help that a little bit. And if we have the opportunity to do it, then then we will. And then, and that's kind of me and uh, Bedwell and John, uh, 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 and uh, for us and all that, that's kind of like what we've been talking about doing from the get-go is starting this art center. So we have a non-for-profit called the Laborious Urban Art Studios, the Lewis, the Lewis in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of what we're doing. And then the skate park, the skate Laborious is sort of like the, like the tip of the spear in that mm-hmm. effort. It's like the edge of the knife. Just in that, like, when I talk to people uh, that run other like youth setters and art centers like they all they all say the same thing they're all like you know we're like what's the hardest part about running your youth center they're all like oh you know just like just getting kids in the door and making mm-hmm. them feel like engaged by the programming that we all work so hard on and then when you talk to those kids you're like how come you want to go to that place and like be engaged by these people's programming they're always like yo that place is fucking lame like I don't want to yeah, go I don't want to yeah, go there it sucks yeah, there yeah. but like this this church is not lame like kids they beat the door down to come here and then oh, when yeah. they're here then you can really you, that you can make an impact then you're like yo have you ever done any woodworking like yo we're building ramps tomorrow do you know do you know how to you know how to use a saw like we're gonna do some welding like have you ever tried this that and then you can you know you kind of got them in and that's the that's the you know that's you know, that's a half to battle right there yeah. is, is getting kids interest. They want to be here. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's cool like, shit. it's like the rawness of it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, like the YMCA, like not, you know, not the best. Not, not, I know what you mean though. Yeah. When you go to those places, you kind of feel judged by the people like the, you know what I mean? Like, but here you, you, it's like no judgment. I mean, you can just, it, it being so raw here, like, yeah. you know, this is familiar. This is like, you know, you don't you don't get that feeling when you walk into a place like this, like you're being judged. You right. Know what I mean? That's very important to us, man. Like uh, um, that people feel really like at home and comfortable. Like a lot of the art that's on the walls, some of it is from some pretty well-known uh, graffiti writers and muralists, but a lot of it is just like folks from town, like local mm-hmm. graffiti writers. Like we had a group a group that was coming in yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, I'm sorry, like, uh, several, like last week, a dude came through, he was driving cross country with his kids and they came through and they're like, can we paint? We're like, absolutely, you mm-hmm. can paint. And like, well, you know, yeah. we'll paint it over, you know, but like, till then, you know, like teach, you know, kids love that stuff. And it's like, it's important to create these like opportunities for kids to be able to, to explore that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And cause a lot of times, you know, you don't, you know, it's that whole like teach a man to fish instead of give a man a fish type of thing, yeah, right, you know, right. and that um, a lot of people, they just need like a, a push in the right direction. And then from there, like we hope to like help teach kids how to like monetize those types of hobbies. That might be a little further down the line because like um, 
you know, because that's the real goal, uh, I think, is that, you know, like every day is a vacation if you love your occupation. Yeah. Like if you if you love what you do, you don't ever have to work a day in your life, that's you know, and, and that the more people that live that can do that, you know, like the better of a world we have, you know. Yeah. And so it, it's a bit of that, too. And, and being able to do that really just takes like somebody taking the time to take because a lot of that shit is not complicated. Mm -hmm. Being able to like kind of start doing some of this shit, it just takes you know, someone showing you, and most people go a hundred thousand, you know, a hundred G's in debt to go to a university to learn that stuff. And a lot of times you don't have to, like, like we get, like, for example, I think a good example. There'll be a lot of kids that want to be rappers. They all want to like, or be musicians. And like, you just sit down and be like, Hey, like we got a recording studio here, which we, we intend to, we do not now, but we will. And be like, you, if you want to record an album you can but like you have to write your rhymes at home you don't write them in the studio that's go time that's work time there's the engineer on the clock here and like that's when you do it and then like if you want to book a show like we have a venue here and like this is how you approach our booking agent matter of fact that's how you approach all booking agents mm -hmm. and like do you want to you need to sell merch at your show like like these kids have got the silkscreen shop like get them to print your t-shirts find out what that you know like here's how, how much you get to charge to make your overhead back and like do you want to uh you need to sell tickets to your show and like you know like or if you want to like your painter like here's how you uh you don't just show up to a gallery to get a gallery show you need to present a portfolio here's how you lay a portfolio out like and a lot of this stuff like it's not super complicated mm -hmm. um it's just like it's difficult to get that initial knowledge and it's like it's the same thing everyone always talks about like every time you see a job it's like must have experience to do this job but like you have to get the job to get the experience in the right, first place yeah. and so there's this gap there and if you can bridge that then that helps to bridge like the skill gap people are talking about yeah. that always exists yeah, yeah. and so then we can play our, our part in that but we're focusing on kind of more creative disciplines and also kind of like construction arts too because i think you know even like framing and plumbing and electric there's an art to that type of stuff too um it's it's different than graffiti or skateboarding which is you know art too um but yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the goal of what we're doing here and, and why. Um, all within, and then saving the building too. You know, yeah. all housed in the oldest German Gothic church west of the Mississippi River. Yeah. Dude, that's such a beautiful vision, man. Like, honestly, because you don't know what you don't know until you know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people exactly. might not know they, they like building shit until they it come firsthand with that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hands on with it. And especially the monetizing part, like you're saying, like a lot of people don't know how to make money off of exactly. the things that they love doing. Like that's a hard concept to grasp. Shit, we had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Like trial and error, trial yeah. and error. Yeah. No guidance at all. Exactly. So that's, yeah. that would be amazing. I yeah. wish we had you guys when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, Honestly, that's honestly. something very also that Bedwell has been doing for years with like that yeah. KHVT thing is that like that, that, that Kings Highway Park was all volunteer funded and like he's you know like bedwell um i think is was really good at identifying like a lot of these young kids and giving like there's a bunch of them kids that work with them they're like they don't do nothing like that will talk about to pour concrete and and do uh um you know framing and build ramps and stuff and then you know i've done that with other other folks at our farm with farming and other construction like our whole crew out at the farm for years and years and years were just like kind of transient kids and they they would come in not knowing nothing and then they would leave knowing how to weld and do woodworking and concrete and like we're doing the same thing here. And so me and Bedwell and Uncle John as well, like Uncle John also has just mentored a shit ton of young boys in his life and like teaching them, you know, how to do a lot of the stuff, you know, like if you learn how to do these things, you don't have to pay somebody to do it. And mm -hmm. so me, John and Bedwell in that regard, that's been something that all of us I know have been very like passionate about is the idea that like, you know, when to look at like young kids, like you just kind of like see yourself when you were 12. And like, I think about all the shit that I wish I would have known mm -hmm. and the opportunity to do it. And I know that 
that particular aspect is super, super important to Brian, John and me is like the mentoring aspect of it. And then, and so we're, we're going to try that out. I guess plan B, if the art center doesn't work out is just, uh, I know Brian really wants to pour a concrete skate park in a basement, mm-hmm. which cut a hole in the floor with a ramp going down Ooh, and which, man, would, which <laughs> hey, no doubt, man, we and him have talked about this many times. Like I have no doubt that would be the most epic shit oh, in the yeah. world. And, but my, my like always disputed that. It's like, yo man, I got no doubt we could pour a dope concrete park, but you can't like unpour a concrete yeah, park yeah, in a yeah. basement. Nah, so let's like, true. like, you know, like once we do it, like we're all in on concrete, park. maybe yeah. we'll do like a little part first or something. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. But like, that's kind of, but you know, at first we'll try the, uh, the art center and stuff. Maybe the, maybe there might be some concrete in the basement at some point. We'll yeah, didn't see. he, uh, put one in the back of his skate shop? Yeah. Wasn't that a concrete mini ramp? In yeah. The back? Um, I don't know if it was concrete in the back of no coast. That was, I wish Bebel was that here to insane. talk about, yeah. um, uh, uh, she was here. Um, yeah, I, I think it was, I don't know. I think it was a wood ramp in no coast, but I'm not hundred okay. percent sure. I don't know. I don't really even skate for real. I used to skate a little bit back in the day, but I'm surprised you don't, man, you know, with pe- all this shit yeah, right here. I, I, I'll be honest. I've come in here in like late when I know no one's around and like fall in private. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, people kind of give it. Some of the homies give me shit sometimes. Like, how come you got a skate park? You don't even skate. I'm like, oh, it's like how you like hip hop, but you don't rap. It's yeah, just like, yeah, it's true. just like that. That's true. It's exactly like that. You can that. appreciate it from yeah, a distance. But you know, like people who like run record labels and are show promoters that love music and shit. Like they're very important to those communities, even though they don't, make music and yeah, like yeah. and because they believe in music and they know that it's important to the to for for many different things and like has very positive ripples throughout society that affects everyone and i just i feel as though action sports are the exact same way even though mm. i don't personally skate anymore although i have been like entertaining the idea kind of getting back into it but um uh i understand that it's very important mm-hmm. uh for kids and i'm part of it since i'm old now man and i you know a lot of guys who skated their whole life and they're old they can still roll around but i have to go back through that learning curve again because it's been oh, so yeah. long and i like i feel mm, that dude i yeah. need I to that. i like if i like break my arm i'm not gonna like make yeah. any money like yeah. i like falling, use my body yeah. to make my living yeah. and right, stuff right. so yeah. like falling now is a lot different than falling when you're young or yeah you know. yeah i mean when i was a kid i could like I wouldn't even, I could like Ollie over a thing. And like, mm-hmm. that was about as far as it got. Like, yeah. and then, and then I just kind of got out of it and gotten a different shit, you know? And yeah. so, um, getting back into it now would be challenging. Oh, um, yeah. maybe I'll wait till I'm like, uh, in a spot where like I could possibly get hurt for a month and yeah. like not be you able to, to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, man. Like if I like break my wrist and I can't like weld or do whatever, yeah. like I can't, I'd like, like, like I'm like farming and doing metal fabrication. So like I need yeah, my hand. I, I need it, you know? I need it, man. I can't like not be able to lift and do and walk and shit. Like it's not a risk I'm willing to take. Um, but I, I have come in here before and like rolled around a little bit and I ate shit like immediately. Like immediately. <laughs> I was like, anybody around? Anybody around? <laughs> no. I think everybody said they're out drinking. They ain't going to be back for a few hours. There's that board over there. All right. I brought this tennis shoes with me on purpose. Hit the steel toes off. I'm going to do this. All right. Fuck it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And like within like five seconds, I was like, fuck this shit. Oh, like laying on my back. I tried to, I just tried to roll in on that shallow motherfucker right there. And like made it over to the to the cinema, and as soon as I got up top, just shot the shot board out. out. So, yeah, and I was like, I gave it like two or three more tries, and like, and, and then eventually I got up and like could pivot around, and went back. I'm like, all right, done for today. Did it? <laughs> like one run, no fall. I'm done. And I think, I mean, I've done that maybe like once or twice, but um, yeah. Yo, all. how um, how was like the first event you guys threw here? The back in the day, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first event 
was pre-Brian and John. That was just me and Forrest and Forrest's girlfriend, Elizabeth, and my wife now, but at the time, girlfriend, Autumn, threw like a Halloween party here with like a, it was 2012, and it was, remember, it was like all that Mayan apocalypse shit, oh, so we yeah. threw like an apocalypse party. Um, and we didn't really realize at the time that this place is like a giant acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. And so we just had like regular sound and shit. And the neighbors in the morning were like fighting mad. Oh, Cause we shit. went all night, we went to like six in the morning and it was absurdly loud. Like, you know, <laughs> we didn't even think about it. Now, like we have a formula and Bedwell runs a, uh, uh, a company with Alexis Tucci, who's a homie uh, called Night Chaser, and they do like a Burning Man camp, mm -hmm. and they do a bunch of other stuff, um, and they've thrown some events at the church, and so now we've kind of got the sound in the basement dialed in. We like kind of got the soundproofing up, and you can we can throw events down there for years, and nobody knows there's parties mm -hmm. going down in there, and a lot of that is kind of we carefully me and Bet will walk around and like listen to the levels and be like, I don't know, man, I think that's too loud. I don't know. Let's go tell them to turn it down just a little bit. And then we'll be like, all right, I think this will be okay. Yeah. And then we'll be like, they turned it up. Fuck, turn it back down. <laughs> like the DJs always turn it back down. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. But that first one, that was the first one. And it, because um, really, like, throwing events is the only way for making money. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like, there was no other way that we could do it. You know, like, building, the building needed so much work, mm. like, so much work before we could. And so that's what we're doing now is we are trying to get occupancy permits mm. um, to be able to actually, like, really have the building be a legitimate business like open the skate bar publicly and start the art center uh get the rectory up and going and uh start doing some programming and stuff um but to do that you know we have to raise a yeah. pretty significant amount of money oh yeah um to finish the construction yeah fixing the windows all that shit takes a lot of money yeah i mean our plan for a while was we were just gonna pick away at it for 30 years mm. but now they're gonna put that nga in mm. like four blocks down the way, the National Geospatial Mapping Administration. It's a, a government, they like run the satellites for the federal government. Like they're mm -hmm. like the eyes of the federal government. And so that's, that's like a 1.7 or $2 billion government facility. And then they're building the hospital in Pruitt-Igo, which is the old oh, projects really? down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And that's being coupled with a couple billion other houses. So like they're gonna put like $5 billion into our zip code. So like yeah. our kind of, security through obscurity is over you know mm -hmm. before like they kind of didn't really care right, a bunch of yeah. dudes fixing up a church whatever you know no big deal keeping it from falling down but now they kind of have to care you know yeah. like now there's a lot going on and so we formed a non for the laborious urban art studios not-for-profit to start heading down the way we're like all right man we're gonna we gotta actually go on this but that involves us you know raising a lot of money and doing non-for-profit arts administration which are things that are not at all i think in our my wheelhouse betwell has some experience with running non-profit because he's been running khv for like 10 years and they they built that peter matthews memorial skate garden he got tony hawk mm. uh, foundation to give yeah, him like 20, 25 g's to yeah, build yeah. that so uh uh me and bet wilson on the board for that um so he's got a bunch of experience that but and my wife went to school for non-for-profit arts administration so we've got oh, some shit. kind of people in yeah. our camp to be able to do that but like it's a whole new thing man of being like it's one thing to fix a building up but like managing and running an arts administration complex and like grant writing and funding and like it's just a whole nother world in there like you know in a way like we have like we've been fixing up the building and then that kind of stops and then we get that we raise all the money and like all right now we have the money cool we can fix the building up then you like build the construction phase like all right we got to like cut holes in the floor and build staircases for egress and bathrooms mm. and fix the roof and all this and then it's like all right holy shit we did it let's apply we get our occupancy permit it's like oh fuck all this 10 years would be probably 12 at that point we have it occupancy but like and i kind of 
like think about the fact like all right now we have it like now like the real work actually starts like yeah. at that point it starts like then we can actually then we have an arts administration or uh, you know arts uh, organization to run yeah. and like that's like a whole entire other wheelhouse there too and like um, I try not to think that far down the line because it just gets real daunting oh, you know yeah, I try yeah. just think about like yeah I just yeah, try to think about you know, five or six tasks ahead and like yeah so when did this start getting traction because like I've seen Nitro Circus yeah. post about this uh, yeah. obviously Vice Steve Barra you know so I mean I've been I've been very careful with the media uh, that we do uh, on purpose like mm -hmm. because like um, I knew we had to launch this big fundraising campaign and like the way we would have to do it with the city you know you have to talk to your alderman first because if you go to the city before your alderman you piss your alderman off because they don't know what's going on in their ward and then you got to go to the city and come to them correct we kind of with hat in hand like hey so we've been working on this building but we're trying to be legit we're sorry like let's we have architects and you know Gabe McKee's been helping us through that process um, with some other people that we were lucky enough to work with at the city um, that have been helping us and then you kind of um you know you do all that and then you can start doing media and promoting because if the city sees you fundraising mm. on the fucking news like you know then they look like assholes you know you're out there doing shit and they're like these motherfuckers yeah. don't even didn't even like come through the city you know like and yeah, then yeah, like yeah. then they're gonna it's gonna be a bad relationship and yeah. so we haven't done any local st louis press at all i think every magazine newspaper television radio print has hit me or brian up 20 times and we basically tell, explain this scenario to them and tell them we can't do it because you know like it kind of people in charge that could potentially give us trouble you know they mm -hmm. don't necessarily watch vice news but they watch the six o'clock news yeah. and like uh, and so and then so there's that aspect of it but then also we've been careful with the news we're doing not to blow it up because you know we need to harness the eyes on it to funnel towards the donate button because you know people only see it for the first time one time mm -hmm. and are excited about it and so we've done like Vice, we did Atlas Obscura, Nitrous Circus did a thing about it. We done like a thing in like a religious news. We just did an episode of uh, Betty for this HBO show, Betty. Mm -hmm. So we'll do the last episode of their second season. And we do we, we do very specific things um, within, you know, like skateboarding or art and stuff. But as far as like large media stuff, we really stay away from all that yeah. because we're not ready yet. Like, but pretty soon, like we're getting all our paperwork now. It's just doing survey work today. I uh, was getting letters support from aldermen and then we can present all our stuff for our zoning change and, and begin raising money for our occupancy permits uh construction costs and at that point we don't have to hide anymore like then we're out there and we can really start doing media and explain what we're doing and why and um hopefully the goal is to raise enough money to cover the cost of the construction that we need to do in order to get the um open occupancy permits in order to build all the things we have to do in order to um the construction to to open the place up to the public because right now it's just a private club because yeah, uh, yeah. that's the way we have to operate it right. um and and uh we do open sessions a couple times a week but like you know we we, we got to keep things kind of small and chill we don't do a lot of news we don't do a lot of press it started blowing up so like that's kind of where we're at on it intentionally um, but it just organically has just started kind of growing. Like we kind of got on the front page of Reddit a little while ago, oh, no um, sure. randomly, and and uh, like the Nitro Circus thing, uh, they were the write up. Uh, Vice just reached out to us, and we agreed to do that. And so, and a lot of these things kind of tend to snowball. Um, and so, um, but we we kind of keep it 
in this underground sort of a thing very intentionally. Like uh, our homie Zach Warden is a local BMX kind of um, athlete. Zach's, Zach's like the most humble dude in the world. Like you would never, like he's like, oh yeah, I ride bikes for a living. And we're like, that's cool, man. And he doesn't mention, he's like, yeah, I have like, I don't know, but like three golds, two silvers, a bronze in the X oh, Games shit. and big jump here. He's the most humble dude in the world. He's the nicest dude though. He built that vert ramp like by himself alone. Oh, I mean, like shit. I pretty, I helped a little bit, Betwell helped him a little bit, but for the most part, Zach Warden just built that thing, just beasted savage mode that thing out. That's insane, um, and dude. so, uh, but we were sponsored Zach one year at the X Games, kind of almost as like a goof, like our farm sponsored him. We're like, we'll give you barbecue like cuts. Like we wear a shirt on the ESPN. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so we went up to the, me and Betwell and Joss and some other folks in the project. We all went up to Minneapolis, the X Games. And when we would talk to people out there, um, it showed me we were doing it right because we'd meet all these athletes. We'd be like, oh, we're with Skate Laborious. And they'd be like, what the fuck is that? And we'd be like, oh, we pull it up on our phone. Like, oh shit, that's you guys. Yeah. And like people have seen it, but they don't know like what it is or where it is or who it is. And like, it's all like, my friend went to a party there. I know a guy who skated there once. And um, and that was very evident on the Reddit thing because yeah. like people were like, oh, it was I lot of fun reading the comments. It was like, oh yeah, that place is in Detroit. No, I heard it's in Spain. No, it's in London. No, that's in LA. Me and my dad, we help work on that place. And I was like, I don't know any of these people. Like, uh, um, and, and But that's that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what we want because we, we launch it. We want to launch it like on our terms. That me and Bedwell and John and our marketing team, Rachel and Ryan, uh, um, have all put together so that we can properly you know, fund the whole thing so we can have like a, a long future with it. Yeah. We only smart. got one shot to do it. You yeah, know? that very, is so smart. Very, and it's crazy how big this place has gotten and you haven't even officially launched yet. Yeah. That's insane, dude. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah, it's got to feel amazing. It's, uh, it's like, I'd say it's like 90% awesome and like 10% like terrifying oh, like yeah, uh, yeah. cause like cause I don't yeah, cause like you said you're not really ready for that like I, I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen when yeah. we launch like we haven't done well I've never done I've, done a local news story like people know about it all over the world like oh, it's yeah. starting to get to the point where like a lot of the comments on our Instagram page I can't read them because they're in like other languages and that so crazy. like that and so then that's it's very cool man and it's neat to have people reach out to do it it's it's flattering to see people appreciate what you and your homies have built um but like again we're about to like step through this door into this next phase which we ultimately have to go to and has been our goal from the get-go to do um and now we're like getting ready to do it and that's mm -hmm. always that leap in any of the other projects I've worked on is always like super daunting. Like that's like when me and my wife quit our jobs to like fun, to farm on our full time. Like that shit was scary as shit. Oh, it was yeah. super scary to be like, yeah. all right, we're selling a lot of shit. People want to buy it. We did the math. I think we can make a living off. Of all right. Um, Here we go. One, two, one, two, three ramen noodles. Um, <laughs> like, and just, just, you know, but like, that's the way to, that's the way you got to do it is you just work real fucking hard. You just work your ass off and yeah. do, it, do it the best you can. Yeah. You know? And just hope it works out because you can't really plan. I mean, you can only plan so far, you know, you never mm -hmm. know what the future is really going to bring. Yeah, exactly. And you just got to work your ass off. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of it, of just any entrepreneurial thing. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, Bedwell also, he's got like, four companies he runs yeah. I, I do too you know I got yeah. like a metal fabrication thing at the farm I got this I got a couple other things I work on he's got Night Chaser and you know a concrete company called Always Hard and then this church project and other stuff he's doing too and like it's just like that's kind of um that's kind of the way that we, we try to do stuff, you know. Mm. Um, but, you know, you got to, that's kind of how you got to do it. Um, but, like, again, the every day is a vacation. Like, I love it. I love doing it. It doesn't feel like work a lot of times. Sometimes it does, you know. Like, nothing's 100% awesome. But in general, like, I enjoy all of those things. So a lot of times I don't 
it's not like work. Like I love welding and working with my homies from the city museum, building crazy shit. I love building this place, the church out and doing all sorts of the things that we do here and working with Bellwell and John and everybody to fix up this place. I love farming and working with animals and plants and working with being able to live on a farm with my wife and uh, we just had a daughter and our kid and have that environment to raise her in. And so like a lot of times it's a lot of work and it doesn't feel like it. Mm. And I think that's, that's important. Like you have to, oh, yeah. you have to look because it allows you to more easily put in the hours that you have to do if you're going to be successful. successful with yeah, it. Yeah. You, that's what you got to do. You know, there's no way around it. Like you have to just grind hard, you know, no days off type of shit. You know, yeah. there was, um, I think a lot of people kind of overlook that aspect of like what it takes to like pull off big, crazy, weird stuff like this. Like, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people do. Cause they ask, very, I think people ask very gently, like, I know they ask Bedwell and me all the time, like, how do you guys find the time? You know, like, like uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, wife asked me to kind of illustrate this point, like a year or two ago, my wife makes a lot of, like we have pigs and goats, and so she uses the lard and the milk and makes soap. And we have mm -hmm. a line of soap in a couple of retail stores, and she hangs out and makes soap, and we sell it online and at farmer's markets, and she makes up funny names, it's awesome. You can buy it on a website, such and such farm. Uh, she, um, we hand grow, you know, she grows all the botanicals and then hand makes all the soap. Um, Shout that out, where, where can people find that such stuff? And, such and such farm .com, Oh, that's right? really what it is. Yeah, that's, okay. the name of the, okay. that's the name of the I farm. I just being humble, like no, you didn't want to no, shout such it out. No, no, such and such farm. Yeah, such and such farm. It's like, cool. uh, we, we, it was like a placeholder. We didn't really know what to call it. We thought it was a joke. Because whenever anybody names a farm, if you look at farms, it's always like action word, like na action word, nature word, mm. farm. Like yeah. jumping cow farm, yeah. flowing yeah. river happy farm, cow. happy yeah. goat farm, or like <laughs> yeah. such and such yeah, yeah, yeah. farm. And like uh, our, our metal fabrication company is similar to It's BLA Studios, blah. Mm. Like it doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's just BLA. Like uh, it's like Builder Lunatic Association. Bunch of loser <laughs> assholes. Build literally anything. Because yeah. uh, like if you look at construction companies, it's all three letters. It's like CFE excavation. And, yeah. right, right. and RBJ construction it's always yeah. three letters and then uh, so um what was i saying oh the um the farm thing um so she a friend of mine about doing work to build shit so she asked me uh, in autumn she was like um so i want to do soap we're like yeah we can totally help you we'd love to help you like we'll help you do whatever we'll show you recipes we can uh, sell you goat's milk from our goats we can help you raise your own goats and if that's what you're trying to do she's like it's like my dream to do that we're like yeah yeah no it's it's not as hard as you might think we'd love we'll, we'll totally help you out she's like i just got to figure out the timing and we're like well what what timing are you trying to figure out? She's like, well, I just got to figure out, you know, how I'm going to find the time to do it. And I was like, well, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, well, I got to figure out how to like, how am I going to, she was like, work my 40 hour a week job and then figure out like you know, the 40 hours a week to start my business. I was like, oh, it's very easy. You work 80 fucking hours a week. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. you just like going to movies and playing video games and going out to dinner. You don't do that anymore because you're like building your shit and yeah. like, that's what you want to do. And like, quite frankly, you don't want to even do that anymore because that takes away from the thing that's more important to you that you're working on. Yeah. And like, that's, right. that's the way you have to do it. Like there's no other way to, yeah. do, at least that I've found, you know, the, to like kind of, do a bunch of shit, you know, you got to just grind. Yeah. Which I think is probably when I called Bellwell, why he's, uh, I was like, you're doing this podcast. Like, no, nah, man, I got stuff I'm doing. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> and so he's not sitting over here. So, um, yeah. It's like, I, I respect that, man. You know, you gotta, I feel him. Like today was a weird day where I actually had a, a big block booked out and you guys needed this chunk of time. And I had survey where we're surveying the property for our zoning. So I was doing that with Ted this morning. And then we had a music video shooting here. Um, and, and so I kind of had that going on while I was surveying, but the survey we finished, we finished 
up super quick. So I actually had like a little time to kill, which doesn't happen very frequently. And then after I leave here, I'm going to another meeting uh, for the non-for-profit to get some of that shit together. And that starts at nine. And then I'll go home, get up tomorrow, do it all again, you know? Oh shit. So I got up with, the, got up with my daughter at five o'clock in the morning to get my wife on the road to go to the farmer's market at 6 a.m. And then met Ted over here and then took a look at some work on the farm and then uh, headed over here and met Ted at nine and did surveying all day and then you know nice long 16 hour day that's, yeah, how you gotta, that's how you gotta do it it's literally not finding the time it's making the Make, time yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's where we're at too like with this podcast I mean doing our shit like to get by and then making time to do this th- type of stuff you know you just you have to make it work you have to if, if, if you want that life you know what I mean mm-hmm. Because you could, it, it would be easy to stop at a nine to five and that's what you want to do for the rest of your life. But that's not like what we want to do. You know what I mean? That's so why we, not everyone's entrepreneurs. Yeah, because they can't. A lot of people can't even handle that. What's the time? It's yeah. hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. And I mean, and I mean, that's the, you know, you don't, if you don't, you know, you never, if you don't make time, you never have time. You know, it's yeah. about scheduling and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, like the, oh, yeah. the best part about working for yourself is that nobody tells you what to do and the yeah. worst part is that nobody fucking tells you what yeah. to do you just have yeah. to figure it out it's yeah. it's and it's daunting you gotta so. hold yourself accountable yeah it's daunting and it's daunting to have to um kind of you know make decisions that affect people you care about and stuff yeah. and like you know um and uh try to like uh kind of hold it all together you know and that's why i'm very fortunate with this project like honestly um if bedwell and john we're not involved, I would be able to do this and I assume vice mm-hmm. versa yeah. because there's times like at the, the skate session on Friday, for example, I was like gonna be here, but then a bunch of shit happened at the farm uh, and I had to take care of that. I couldn't be here and I called Bell. I'm like, hey, you're doing the skate session. I was like, yep, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. And Ken's was like, cool, all right, uh, do you need, he's like, no, I don't need you. And I was like, all right, awesome, cool. Cause I mean, he's like, yeah, don't come then. And like, uh, <laughs> and like today you guys are doing this podcast and, and, and you know, he's gonna be here and he can't. And it's like, it's cool, man, I'll, I'll just do it. And the, yeah. the fact that Bedwell is here to be able to do stuff on it. So, and uh, John was for a while, but John, John's still coming in and out, but he, he's not on site like he used to be. But um, in those early days when he was, now we've got it to the point where John doesn't necessarily need to be here all the time. John's an older guy too, man. And like, he doesn't need to be in a old church and he's like a, old man house you know is and, john the guy that was in the uh sanctuary documentary yes yeah, yeah okay. that's uncle john yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah but at the time john was here for years on site every day um and uh this without that this there would be no church and to this and and bedwell as well wouldn't wouldn't be here without them here i'm yeah. um and that's the thing is like i often you know i find myself doing podcasts and interviews mm-hmm. and shit but like at the end of the day uh like there would be this wouldn't happen without Brian and John. Without, without, without a doubt. Like, uh, yeah, like they were here, here every day, you know, like doing stuff. And I'm, I'm here very, very frequently. But you got to be on site all the time. Yeah, you know? it takes and, a team for sure. Yeah, you got to have a team. Got to have a good team. Um, There's just not enough hours in the day to yeah. do it alone. It's yeah. not possible. Now you said you had a, a newborn. Right? Yeah, I got a daughter, nine months old. Oh, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's now, the craziest shit that ever happened to me in my whole life. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Change you for the better? Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I, looking back, now that I got a kid, like, I look back at my life, I like, I had no idea what I was missing. Mm-hmm. Like, all these years. Yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. But a lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot of people say that. I'm not ready yet, but... It's, know, a, it's a it's wild i don't think anyone's ever ready it nah, just kind of yeah. happens you yeah, know? yeah but it forces you to get your shit together i'm sure like yes. you probably value your time so much more because mm-hmm. you know you got that little girl at home yes that you want to get back to and yeah. spend some time with you know absolutely bedwell's about to have a son coming up 
any shit like any day now. Yeah, oh wow, too, Emily's gonna that. Emily's gonna pop. Like it, it could be the. I imagine we could see them like running out to the hospital while we're sitting here right now. Like, no I think shit. I think they're in like that any day now mode, which which I remember what that was like, and that's a interesting time. But um, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I would almost rather have that any day now mode. My wife got like induced into labor. Mm -hmm. Like, so we had like a day. Mm -hmm. Like there was like, and it was really nerve wracking for me in a way having a day. Yeah, like yeah. in a way, like I would have rather have it be like, yo man, I'm just gonna get a call. Like I'll be in this podcast right now. And I pull up my phone, like I gotta go, I gotta go. And I just like run out. I was like, sorry guys. And I Damn. like leave. But like in a way I'd have liked that better than like being like, all right, August 22nd, we're going in for the, the, the we're gonna induce labor. All right, got it. Two weeks, God. a week and two days. All right, seventy-two hours till takeoff. <laughs> All right, we're going in tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, my entire life changes forever. Tomorrow morning, everything's different. All right, we're at the hospital now. Okay. All right. Like it's yeah, just like it's having this like sitting around definitive waiting. Definitive yeah. moment where like at this exact moment, nothing will ever be the same ever again. Yeah, it was that's like crazy. It, was, it was a wild thing to wrap 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 my brain around, but um. Yeah, having a daughter change, uh, a kid changes everything. Um, it's weird, man. Like, I, like, look in her eyes, and I can, like, literally feel, like, chemicals squirting in my brain. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, in a very, like, I was like, whoa. Like, maybe I just spent enough time doing drugs growing up and shit. <laughs> and I know I was like, wow. Like, you just looked me in the eyes and smiled, and, like, my brain flooded with dopamine. Like, that's wild. That's like, uh, that's, yeah, yeah it's amazing. amazing. It's yeah. amazing, yeah, yeah. So how scary was that, knowing, like, you got all these projects you're doing and now you're you got a, a baby well in in the same way that i was just talking about bedwell at the church at the farm i have i got my, my wife you know it's like my wife autumn mm. is like my my super partner in crime and she's like autumn is like a fucking savage like she is the most uh like driven and disciplined and like determined and just hardcore badass uh person i think i've ever met in my entire life and so um i'm able to be here now because like she got up at five o'clock in the morning and got her out the door and i was doing a bunch of work last night to get her ready to go and she runs that whole farm and she's uh i'm a very like extroverted person mm. and she's a very like introverted person so she's kind of like the yin to my yeah. yang and so in a way i know that i'll be able to you know i gotta communicate with your wife and kid and talk about what do we got going on what am i gonna do okay i need you here this day but i know that i'm gonna be able to keep doing these things because again just like i cannot be at the friday session because bedwell got it i can you know autumn's got the baby and i can go do a podcast and go finish up the survey of the church and help do this uh, music video shoot and then go meet uh, and get the GoFundMe stuff together and then be home at nine o'clock and then tomorrow morning I got to do baby stuff and then mm. kind of get back on doing what I'm doing after that you know and so it's all scheduling and blocking stuff out sometimes down to like the you know 15 minute increments and you know what you got to what you got to do you know yeah that's a very common theme that we're starting to see is like every successful man guess, is yeah. like having a powerful woman behind <laughs> that him, is, you know that is true it takes that man yeah. and honestly it takes that yeah, you know, it goes it back to strong like, women behind. What is that saying? Behind every successful man is a strong, strong woman. woman. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Well, shit. Even on the Wednesday session, man, I was getting ready to work for the metal fabrication company. I was going to go work at. We're doing a job uh, at the Post Dispatch building, uh, building some shit for Square that just took that over. Mm -hmm. And there was a session, and uh, Emily called me up. She's like, "Get anybody working the session?" And I was like. I don't know. Bedwell put a post on Instagram about it. I assumed he had somebody. Does he not have anybody? And she was like, I don't think so. And I talked to, um, I called it, I called Avian and Young Dud and neither one of them were able to do it. And I called Emily and I was like, I don't know. I don't really got nobody. And I mean, do you, 
do you want to? And she was like, yeah, I'll just take care of it. I had a couple of things I was to take care of. I was like, word, awesome. I mean, she's like fucking nine months pregnant and just like came out with session. Cause like, you know, like that's his badass woman behind yeah, that well, but yeah. it's dope now. Cause you know, she, you know, like everybody can rely on each other. And yeah. like that. So like, yeah, I mean, Emily's a fucking savage too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I want to get into uh, that Red Bull event. Yeah, uh, the Cornerstone. Cornerstone. Thing. So how did, how did that even come about? So they reached out to Bedwell. Um, I'm not sure through what channels, if like directly or through somebody else, I, I, he would be able to tell you, but there is a, a dude whose name I don't recall uh, that Bedwell, I'm sure, would just spit off the top of his head that runs like kind of the Midwest stuff for uh, skateboarding through Red Bull. And they asked about doing a competition. So we did it in 2019 and it was fucking dope. Like mm -hmm. it was really awesome. Uh, and uh, then we did it again in 2020, like in pandemic land. I should probably turn the ringer off that phone. Hold on a second, I have an idea. Okay. Oh, that's what that was. I got this Bluetooth headset, so I just answered it, hung up, <laughs> and answered it, and hung up on them immediately. That's how you know you're a busy man. You got <laughs> yeah. the fucking Bluetooth two around hands. Your neck yeah, I have two hands times. going. Yeah, I don't know who that was, but I definitely just answered the phone and immediately hung up on them <laughs> through the headset. Like, Asshole. Yeah, I don't know who that was. I have to go peek at that in a second. Hopefully, it wasn't important. Um, but uh, um, yeah, and so then 2020 was during the pandemic, and that was a weird one because they had it coming in waves, mm -hmm. and uh, um, could have people here at one time all spaced out. Um, but it's a it's a cool event. They helped build. We built a bunch of stuff for it yeah, so um and uh converse did an event here and they sent some builders out to help build some stuff too i think with zoomies and like uh the skate competitions have been have been really really cool yeah it looked insane yeah they were insane dope. they were awesome yeah they were, were really were you really cool. here to like actually like watch oh the yeah whole yeah i was at both of those in. and help 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 run stuff and set up and coordinate and get everything going and stuff like that help you know i help build some a bunch of this we did like a long late night before that one uh to help build so i helped build a bunch of the ramps and stuff it was me and bedwell and joss and the builders from uh converse and zoomies and some other guys helped build all this street course and and stuff like that um and so, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, how involved is the city with those type of decisions? Like, do, do you have to get permission from them, or is it kind of just like? Um, I mean, probably. We'll skip it. Probably. <laughs> skip. Yeah, nah, we'll skip yeah, let's we'll skip that one. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, do you have those companies like backing you for the, the launch though? Like, have you talked to them about like? Yeah, when you're been, ready to launch. We 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 reached out to some people. That's kind of in the next. We basically we uh, Rachel and Ryan that are like Rachel. Uh, um, I went to high school with and then mm -hmm. Ryan is our homie they're kind of like our marketing team and that have just been like so incredibly generous and pro bono uh, offering their time to help us put our like website and social media presence and kind of get a real ad campaign together and brand the church for mm -hmm. like a launch so that when people come like and and find the place or see it on the news or see it on Betty or see it on whatever that like the message is clear and what they can do to help us is clear and like that's all kind of advertising and writing copy that Rachel does and Ryan doing all the graphic design and new logos and stuff mm -hmm. like that um, uh, and so in doing kind of like in 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 getting doing that once we have all that done we filmed an anthem reel and like a promo video at that point once all that is edited and we should have it by next week hopefully um 
all 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 things um, aligning, um, then that that would be the point then where we can reach out to some of these folks because they're making a suppressed kit and a mm. bunch of stuff. But you know, when you reach out to these companies, you gotta come and be like, hey, so we have a non-for-profit. Would you be down to make a donation to our non-for-profit of X amount of dollars? And in exchange, we would hang banners up or you could host uh, exclusive content contest here yeah. or whatever, whatever. And like, there's a way to kind of, and I'm learning now from some folks about the way you acquire corporate sponsorship mm. and the way you solicit that and like that's that's kind of the part of it like i have no idea how to do that type yeah. of shit and i'm kind of figuring it out but luckily i know who to ask and i have friends to do and that are willing to help because rachel and ryan have been so like incredibly just insanely generous with their time and labor and effort in putting this giant marketing push together for this big launch that we have to, to inevitably hopefully fund the construction costs for everything. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's kind of the way we had to do it. Like in order to make that launch successful, we had to run this underground place for a while and yeah. build that buzz that kind of led you guys to be here and yeah. the social media uh, stuff and do these very selected um, kind of uh, uh, media to kind of build it out there. So you create this environment where people are intrigued and then all of a sudden like it's in your face yeah. and then they're like, whoa, okay. So this is that, oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, no, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. Cool, wow, they're raising money. Yeah, man, we can throw down on that. This is dope. I like all all for kids too. And like, you know, and so we have the histo you know, people who want to help work with kids or want to do historic preservation, historic repurposing. There's a lot of things that we're doing here that are all very near and dear to our heart um, broadly, but a lot of people, you know, may not necessarily give a shit about skateboarding and maybe don't even give a shit about underserved youth, which I don't know, you're kind of a shitty person if you don't care about underserved youth, but yeah. they might really care about historic preservation yeah. and, and repurposing old buildings or they love old Catholic architecture or Gothic you know, revival architecture yeah. and they want to save that or maybe they don't give a shit about Gothic revival architecture, but they are all about like empowering youth in underserved urban communities and or they don't care about either of those things, but they really love skateboarding mm -hmm. and, and or, or they love art or whatever. And so like looking at those different kind of modes of uh, things because that all of those things are super important yeah. to us. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think each of us have a different emphasis of which one maybe um, would win in a what's more important hierarchy. But in a way, I know everybody who's involved with the project loves all of those aspects yeah. I was talking about very dearly. And so, uh, you know, but then we... Um, got to kind of look at those different things as like revenue channels of like reaching out to different people that work within those channels and trying to get them to help support our project. Yeah. 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 yeah you definitely got a lot of arms reaching out of like different things that people could support. I mean, definitely, yeah. definitely a lot of positive things too. Like you said, the preservation, the, the under uh, privileged youth, like all of that, like yeah. definitely a lot of things to support with this. Yeah. Well, the skate community alone, man, like, and the fact that Steve Barra like came through and yeah. checked out this yeah. place, like I know you guys are gonna get the skate brands behind you on this like I, I can see it I can see it happening man. I hope so man that a lot of that stuff with working with skate brands that's something that in, in there and like how to maintain those relationships or which ones to work with and which mm -hmm. ones not to work with uh, that's that's kind of more a Brian ballpark I mean he ran a skate shop for years yeah. and he kind of knows like eh, we don't want to fuck with that or like these are the dudes we want to talk to like he knows all that as far as Steve goes uh, Steve like working with Steve or the barracks like um, that's something we would definitely be down at we um to do, I think that's kind of like, I don't know, we're at a point where we'd be able to 
what, what we even have to really offer mm. them. But like Steve was super generous, like with his time to did a big interview for our video that we were doing. And then I did an interview with them. Bedwell missed it again though. The first time Bedwell, he was here, <laughs> man, man, I felt so fucking bad. And Steve was like, no, cause Be the first time he came here, Bedwell happened to be out of town. And so I did like an interview with him and talked about all this kind of things I'm talking to you about. And then he was like, all right, well, I'm gonna come back and get Bedwell's interview in the time it didn't quite work out. And then he was like, yo, I gotta come back and film. So the audio got fucked up. I'm gonna do it again. Um, and I was like, awesome. And he's like, is Bedwell gonna be in town? I'm like, he's out of town again. And we're like, no. Because uh, he, he really wanted to get kind of both of us talking about it. Um, does he just pop up? Like he just does like surprise visits or? Steve? Yeah. No, I mean, not not really. Like it's not like he's like, oh, is that Steve over there? Like it's not <laughs> just knocking on the door. He's, he's been here twice. Um, and, and for a specific, you know, uh, but he, um, Tyler Peterson is um, yeah. a skater that he yeah. uh, sponsored from St. Yeah, yeah. Louis. And Tyler's skated here much times. And Tyler's like kind of like hometown. New, yeah. new young hope and that stuff. Dude's a He's a beast. He's a man. fucking savage, yeah. dude. He days. gave us. He was super awesome for. Uh, he was in our video too, and like, um, and just kind of supporting and stuff. But like, Steve's an interesting dude, man. Like, just in that, like, on kind of a personal level, like, if Steve, if he, considering everything he's accomplished in his life, which is like a laundry list of stuff, mm -hmm. if he was, and he's not, but if he was kind of like a arrogant cocky asshole i would kind of forgive it i'd be like you're allowed to kind yeah. of be a cocky prick dude <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like you've yeah. done some pretty incredible shit like you're allowed Definitely. to kind of be a little full yourself. but he's not he's mm -hmm. like the most humble chill approachable down-to-earth regular ass dude which i think just like speaks volumes to his character yeah, of yeah, like 100%. what just like a solid dude he is what just like the nicest just the nicest most like humble giving dude like he we're like hey man doing this interview like would you mind doing a little shot for our, our our video and like and he was like and he was like of course i will and he sat there and did an interview for like like over an hour like oh, shit, and then they had like a, a vent to get to which i'm sure they were late to and like he didn't have to do that man yeah. there was no he could have like been like yeah man and like talked to us for five minutes but like, all right we're out thanks a lot like you know got what i needed from these guys but he's he just like he wants to help like he cares yeah. he cares about saying this is his hometown he's from yeah. st louis so yeah. i think he understands what we're trying to do and like really what we're trying to do is you know create a place for all of ourselves when we were 12 years old you know yeah. that had been for him when he was 12 too and like yeah. and he loves he loves his city uh he's from he loves st louis too and he talked about that a lot how important st louis is to him and how uh, much he appreciates you know supports what we're doing here um for 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 the city we all love our town you know yeah because yeah, when he grew up skating like i don't think there was any parks really mm -hmm. out here now nah, bedwell built the uh, peter matthews i believe was the first um public con like open public skate park in st louis that i, I believe so actually i'm i'm basically positive of that there's there's some other ones out there um, there's one in south county the um barracks uh, no, not Jefferson. the uh, Jefferson Barracks. Yeah, but the, that's it, outside the city, right? Within the city limits <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And there's some other parks out there. But what I hear most of, the, like, because again, I don't skate, but the um, what I hear from Bedwell and some of the other skaters about a lot of the other parks, are, a couple of the other parks around that were built were like, is it just that like they kind of suck? It's sort of like a bunch of guys who don't skate and don't build skate parks mm -hmm. went on like Google image search and oh, yeah. looked yeah. at pictures of what skate parks look like and they're like, yeah, we'll build. Yeah, look at that. We can build one of those. Put it over there. One of these over there. But like, there's no way to get up speed or to cut lines mm. and just from uh building this place because i kind of now i kind of can wrap my brain around like the way 
uh, even without skating, like, like you have to kind of lay a skate park out a little bit. And like, I, you know, I, I can wrap my brain around the way, you know, like you need to have this so you can get up speed to do this, to be able to do that, to make it fun to skate. Whereas Bedwell is uh, real good at that, about like laying out a skate park and like how you do it. And like, I'll be honest, I kind of can, like I said, wrap my brain around it, mm-hmm. but like not really skating. I don't, you know, like those type of things you to kind of feel it and know yeah. it. So, but yeah. he's good at, I mean, dude, I mean, that's like, like I, I, I I'll, uh, I'll give it up to Brian like skateboarding and like the promoting of it and the good that it does kind of for society in general like the dude has devoted like a sizable chunk of his life to that and yeah. that's dope that's dope as fuck you know yeah. like um, and I guess at this at this point so so have I um, but not to the extent that Betwell has at least within the realm of skateboarding yeah. I, I got into this for um for art and architecture and stuff. And I mean, I love skateboarding and art and stuff too, but, um, you know, but similar, similar goals. It goes hand in hand. In yeah. that, in yeah, that, in sure that, does. in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Oh yeah, dude. This, uh, this conversation is amazing, man. Cause it, it very, uh, it opened my eyes to what's going on here, you know? Cause I had no idea what you guys were fully trying to yeah, do. Truly oh, about, yeah. yeah the, the bigger picture, like the vision is so much bigger than we, could have even thought you know yeah, it's bigger it's, than just a skate park for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hope I, I think so man i, I hope so like yeah. uh and the, the art is a big thing too like the the street art gallery like we have plans um to sistine chapel out the whole ceiling i mean the original um oil painting uh frescoes we're never going to touch those i mean they're like 130 year old oil paintings like it's, it's that's like an executable offense to paint over those but yeah. uh so those will ride forever as far as i'm concerned but all the other open ceiling space uh we talked to brian forcey there i mentioned before there was an engineer that's been helping us out from Frontenac architect and Gabe McKee who's just been like Gabe is a fucking savage architect he's so good um, at everything he does and so they've been helping us uh, we're gonna get a LiDAR rig in here to uh, um, map all those panels on the ceiling so then we can like because nobody's gonna get up on some scaffolding and lay on their back like Michelangelo and paint that <laughs> ceiling that's not that's not happening <laughs> i don't got no problem with heights i do weird shit and even i ain't doing that i got yeah. we built the scaffolding we have scaffolding we got all the way up to the ceiling before and it is wiggly up there mm. man i mean yeah it's it, high man that's yeah that shit i mean it's it's like eight courses of scaffolding to get up to the top and you got to strap it to the columns and it's like it's it's sketchy um but so what we can do though is we'll build the scaffolding and we'll put it up there and once we map those triangles out then you know it's like this curvilinear space but that curved space will translate to a flat thing mm. you just have to map it and then you can lay that out and once we have those dimensions we can cut that out of paper or canvas mm. or whatever and send them off roll them up send them off to artists they can paint it and then we'll put them up yeah. and we'll label that's a1 a2 a3 a z5 or whatever we label them out and then we can you know completely the goal is just to completely floor to ceiling wrap the entire space in art of different street artists from around the world that'd um, be amazing yeah. yeah that's fucking awesome dude I'm, I'm really excited to see the future of this place and how everything turns out man yeah I'm really stoked and and uh, I can appreciate like what you guys are doing big time thanks man yeah, more, ramp, more ramps to come too I know Bedwell has designed I believe he already has drawn up um, or 3D modeled like a bowl that's going to kind of go where we're sitting underneath the dome and I think mm. he said it has a hip that goes around to a pocket over there and then like we've talked about off the organ loft where the new mini ramp is building like balconies that kind of come out to these columns with a pump track up there and we've got we've got a bunch of plans for different stuff but like it's kind of like what i was saying before like until we get all of the building repairs done building a bowl in here is kind of like yeah. a, a moot point like you know yeah. the um you know if it, if it comes to if it comes on its own then like it's meant to be like mm-hmm. zach uh put you know put in a bunch of just 
hard work and GoFundMe raised the majority of the money for the um, vert ramp. And then the vert ramp was comprised of the old mini and the other box jump that was in here. So it's like we cannibalized a bunch of old stuff to build new stuff. And if other things happen in that way, then like, then it's meant to be. But um, we got to like, kind of like I was saying, things got to happen in a particular order if we're going to be successful at it. And so, um, but I think we will. I, I know we're going to work our fucking asses off to make it happen. You know, I don't plan to stop ever. Yeah. Uh, I, know, yeah. I know Brian and John and everybody and Joss and Jen and Ryan and Rachel and everyone, the, the awesome team we're lucky enough to have. I know they're not, they're not going to either. You know, so away yeah, we man. go. Now, do you got a place like online where people can donate? Yeah, yeah. So most of everything we're doing now is through Instagram. Like okay. Instagram is like our main hub. Everything on Facebook, we just sort of forward off the Instagram. Um, I don't, I think Bedwell has the Instagram, uh, has the Facebook login, but I don't think I even have that. I kind of like, um, but the Instagram, there's a GoFundMe link on there that people can donate to if they want to. Uh, we're going to actually, the meeting I have after I finish this podcast, I got to go set up more shit for the GoFundMe because it didn't quite get set up exactly right. And so we got to change that. And it's all going to, it all goes to our nonprofit yeah. and all that money will all go to fund the construction costs for all the work that we need to do in order to open the building to the public. Public. Like that's what every, none of us make any personal, matter of fact, we just all dump as much money and hours into this as we all possibly can. Um, and so any, any money that we, we don't profit off it at all. Everything just goes into what has been just a uh, bottomless black hole pit of money of uh, fixing up this old building as any construction project is, but yeah. this one's particularly challenging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is uh, this going to be your guys' legacy, man. Like this will be here I imagine after you guys are gone, you know, like at least the idea of this. I hope so. I mean, it's been here for, you know, 100 plus years. Hopefully yeah. it ain't going anywhere. I mean, if I, I definitely think if we hadn't got it when we got it, it would be past the point of being able to fix. We fixed some pretty crucial damage that I think if left unfixed for even like another year or two would have been would have like seriously damaged the building mm. to the point where like it really wouldn't have been able to be like you could have but you'd have had to do spend just an absurd amount of money to fix it and like mm. we got it like just in the nick of time and then we're also me and bedwell and john all have backgrounds in construction to be able to actually do that work um yeah. but now we're at the point where like we can't do everything we need to do in the time period that we need to do it we need help we need to be able to bring in con other contractors or at least be able to like relatively pay ourselves for our time of working on it you know yeah, like yeah. you know because so we can't just be in here just like dumping sweat equity into it forever you know it that was our plan for a while it was just we're gonna pick away at this thing for 30 years and um i think that's not now we have to we, we gotta get we gotta move quicker i mean we yeah. could now we fixed the big shit that like we kind of buttoned her up but like we need to we need to go hard now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, the yeah. fact that like you got here in the nick of time and all that, like the universe is like aligning for you guys. So <laughs> I hope so, yeah, man. man. I, I hope so, you're right oh, for sure. Yeah, I hope, sure. You're, I hope you're right. Is. I hope you're right. Well, we're cool, definitely man. wanting to plug that uh, the uh, GoFundMe and and do anything that we can to help yeah. you guys. Awesome. Because right. awesome. like again, your story is amazing. Thanks, and, man. Uh, if we could be a part anyway, you know, we would love to love to help out yeah, yeah so i would say uh we're getting ready to launch this big fundraising campaign it'll be 
in July, probably late, probably mid July. We're trying to get it out by the time Betty airs, and we might, we might, we very well might, but it might be a little later. But luckily, nowadays we don't. You know, back in the day when they launched like a TV show, like everyone's like, gotta watch it because like, but now like it's just gonna be on HBO Go and people are gonna binge it or watch it. Right, It'll right. be a slow burn over the course yeah. of a year as people watch it here and there. You know, the hardcore fans will watch it on you know the day it airs, but you know people who watch the show they'll get to it when they get to it or they'll binge the whole season or whatever, and so. We're trying to kind of capitalize on the fact that the church is going to be very prominently displayed in HBO show to help uh, piggyback us into like a little more exposure to raise the money. So like you'll hopefully, I mean, if you're following us, you'll see it. Like there'll be a, a large marketing push. We'll be on local news and stuff like that around St. Louis and reaching out to other uh, people to do stories on it. Cause it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a good story. Like it's uh, and that's, and that's all the, a lot of times people are looking for is a good story. They want to, people love a, uh, uh, a captivating narrative, and oh, so yeah. success been, story. Yeah, me and Bedwell have talked about that a lot um, in what we're doing. That like that's important of like cultivating that narrative, and that the way that we go about things, uh, we need to not necessarily do things in order to create a narrative, but like to be conscious of it. Is that like like we have a story that we're writing here about what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we did it, and where we intend to go, and that like we need to be sure of that in the way that we proceed forward because that to a lot of onlookers that kind of like view things from the outside looking in that's kind of what people tend to latch on to is like a story and a character and like uh, what what they're doing and stuff and so um yeah you'll you'll be seeing it man and so like just if you see it bump it man like bump it and share it and post it and repost it and like talk about it and like try to funnel people to that donate button and i, I think it's a good i think it's as good a cause as any that people could donate money to yeah. um i mean we really 100%. are altruistic in what we're doing this is not like in any way trying to like enrich ourselves or anything else like we really honestly all are just trying to um, make our community better through bettering the young people in it which ultimately makes the whole city better and the world better you know yeah. the more self-assured people um who are following their passions and um living and doing their you know art and stuff like the better of a world we all live in you know yeah Definitely, man. It's important. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so where can people find you? Like, what's the Instagram? The Instagram is Skate Laborious with an 8. S-K-8-L-I-B-O-R-I-U-S. Um, uh, there's nothing up for the Lewis right now, but there will be very soon. Uh, the website, I think the rough website is up right now um but we're not we haven't promoted the website it's just skatelaborious.com um and but it, it's getting revamped in the next couple days actually um it's kind of up in like a all right we launched it and then now we're gonna we gotta add a bunch of stuff yeah, to yeah, it yeah, too yeah. to kind of prepare for this big launch like the video will be on there and uh a bunch of bios of all the different people um that i've been talking about joss and um uh um, Rachel and Ryan and Brian and everybody else uh, will be on there so people know who's involved and also people to get, you know, their propers, you know, that have like the, because we wouldn't be able to do this without those folks, you know, mm -hmm. at all. Even even just me, John and Brian, I don't know that, it, you know, we, we've had help from tons of people, you know, mm -hmm. along the way and it's, it's important to, you know, give them their dues too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, it takes a, a whole community to build something like this to help the whole community, you know. Definitely, definitely. Hell yeah. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you sitting down with us, telling us your story. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming wish out. Nothing but success, man. Most definitely. Yeah, much cool. love, much success to your podcast, too, man. Appreciate oh, it. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, episode 31. Let's, Let's go. go. 31. Thanks, y'all. Let's go. Yes, sir. You are here and now with Brandon and Joe. I'm Joe.
Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. Here is now.